Welcome back, Tiger fans, to Rockham Nation's football podcast. I'm Nate Edwards. That's Brandon B.K. Kiley. This is Before the Box Score. This is your first uh, postseason show of the 2022 season. Like we said in the last one, we're back to one a week until we have our bowl game, and then we'll do a post game of the bowl game. We'll do one after that, and then we're going down to every other week because it's going to be the offseason, which is my personal favorite, but, you know, that's that's just me. Uh, so, yeah, here we are waiting for bad things to happen, waiting for bowl games to be figured out and trying to figure out who's going to be on this team next year. BK, how are you doing, man? I'm doing well. Um, it's well, well is relative right now. And so I'm, I'm doing all right. All things considered, uh, this is a weird time for college football fans. Mizzou fans, you are not you are not alone. Like this is what everybody is going through right now. And it's the new reality for college football. So I'm excited to talk about this today with Nate. We're going to get into the micro of like individual players. We can get into the macro of what this means for team building. Uh, should be a fun conversation to have. I do love a good roster build, but this this is just kind of a, this is a different beast than what we're used to. We are in the era of you can transfer once for free with no penalty. We are in the era where guys can make money off of their name, image, and likeness. And we're in an era where the NCAA basically has no enforcement at all on anything. They can threaten you a little bit, but for the most part, people are going to, uh, schools are just going to ignore them and do what they want. So everything goes. And, and in a world like this, when everything goes, you get some crazy things happening. I, I'm sure you all, if you are even a smidge online uh, to the Missouri internet, heard plenty of rumors about meetings and people leaving and people getting angry and words being said and mass exodus. And I, I don't know. I can't even keep track of all the stuff that's going down. The point of the matter is that until, until we know for sure, Everybody is rumored to be leaving. Every single person on this team is rumored to be leaving, especially anyone who had more than three stars next to their name. And even some who did. So it's, it's just a lot of, it's a time of massive uncertainty. Nobody knows what's going to happen and no one knows how this is going to happen in the future. We don't know what normal is because it hasn't normalized itself yet. Uh, I, I put out a roster math piece today Bumped that up just because so much news was happening around the portal. There's three things I want to point out. And I pointed it out in the article and I want to talk about it here. And I want to get your thoughts on this too, BK. So so the the reason I think that this is going to be a crazy and insane amount of portal activity this year is for three things. Number one, we have not had any kind of terrible horror, horror stories of somebody leaving a team, going into the portal and going somewhere else for more playing time, more money, whatever. We haven't had horror stories of that where the person didn't get the playing time, didn't get the money promised, any of that stuff. That sort of thing is going to happen to kids. There's just so much activity. It is bound to happen. We have not heard it yet. Once those stories start getting shared, people might be a little bit more hesitant to just jump into the portal and find something new. But right now we haven't heard it. So there really is no, uh, perceived downside. Number two, I think we talked about this last time, the 2020 recruiting class, <clears throat> they're now completed their third year on campus. So pretty much we know who they are and they know who they are. Now, again, the 2020 class is the one that had no in-person visits, no campus visits, no in-person evaluations. And some of these teams, some of these, their high school teams weren't even playing football that season. C, Macon, comma, Tyler. So because of that, 
you have bad players on good teams and you have good players on bad teams and the players are realizing this and the coaches are realizing this and there is a correction for that. And then the third thing is that the 2020 recruiting class and the 2021 recruiting class, they're now the bulk of the starters in college football for really any team out there. And they just watched the 2022 class sign with schools and have NIL opportunities that they shared and, and they can see and they can be overt about it. And those older guys are like, well, I'd like the bag. I want those opportunities. And so they're going to their coaches. They're, you know, they're saying, Hey, I want to get paid like they were because I am a starter. I have been here for three years. They've not even been here for one. And so those conversations can lead to people leaving and finding that opportunity that they're, they're looking for, that they've that seen their, their younger uh, players and younger friends get after. So you put those three factors out there and you've got this perfect gumbo of crazy activity, uncertainty, and, and movement. And BK, I, I don't think we're going to see anything like this in the future, but this is, this is just going to be a crazy offseason. There's no way to get around it. See, that's where we disagree. I think this is the new normal. I, I don't know how long it will be the new normal for, but I think for the foreseeable future, this is what people should expect. Like, I, I think you're going to have 10 to 15 departures, if not more, every offseason. Because kids want to play. They have a free ability to transfer at any point in their first three years that they have not done so previously. And then they can transfer again as a grad transfer. And so all of that adds in with this NIL stuff that you were just discussing and some of them not seeing the field as early as they were hoping for or others outperforming what maybe the expectations were when they were in college or when they were in high school. And now they have more opportunities elsewhere. So it's just it's this concoction that when you put it all together, the end result is what we're seeing now. This this was the logical endpoint to what the NCAA did was seeing these kinds of transfers naturally. And I, I don't know when that ends. I, I think that it continues for a little while. And it's going to be more so at a place like Mizzou than it is at like Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. But those guys are going to have their fair share of players that want to get on the field as well. They're four and five star recruits that are third and fourth stringers. So they're probably going to end up leaving at some point, too. We saw that it ended up working out for Mizzou with a guy like a Mookie Cooper, for example. So I, I think this is the new norm. I think you're going to see a lot of transfers year in and year out. It's going to be guys going up and down depending on where they were previously. And so I, I think that personally for Mizzou fans, it's hard to say it's hard to like get a grip on, but embrace this because I, I don't think it's going away anytime in the near future. Personally, the only reason I disagree with you because there's always going to be transfers, but that's just part of it. The only reason I disagree with you is because I think the NIL piece is not going to be as prominent as it is right now. And what I mean by I that, don't think that's the case for most of these guys. Hold on, though. I think hold the on. only player that NIL is factoring in for right now is Dominic Lovett. For Mizzou, the only yes. one that it factors in for, for Mizzou, Correct. yes. But I mean, that's the majority of players. The vast majority of players are not leaving for NIL deals. We don't know because the vast majority of I'm very confident on that. Are you talking in college football? Are you talking deals. about college football? Or are you talking about Missouri specifically? Both. I, I think the vast majority of college football players don't have NIL deals. Unless you're BYU and everybody's and, got $20,000 sitting in. Their sure. 
or Miami sure, but, or Arkansas's offensive line. Correct. But the, the, the majority, like, and I think people would also be surprised by how small most of the deals are. If we're talking about from like the collective sure. yeah. players like Luther burden are the rarity. Most of these players are getting, I mean, insignificant amounts of money from NIL would be a good place to start. Like the, it's kind of the mean versus the median, right? The mean, like the average amount of money that a college football player is making right now is probably going to look kind of exorbitant because there's some players that are making a ton of money on NIL. The median, though, is probably close to nothing because the majority of college football players right now, it, this would be my guess, I, I know for Mizzou at least, are making little to none right. off of NIL. Right. Or at least the collective. Right. And that's that's going to be true for Mizzou. That's going to be true for schools like Mizzou and below. But think about think about how and many, that's most schools. But think, think about Alabama. Think about Auburn. Think about Georgia. Think about Ohio State. Think about LSU. I think most of their players are not making significant sums of money off of NIL. So you're just saying the four and five stars are going there out of the good of their heart for nothing. I'm saying that a lot of them. Yeah, like I, I, I don't think that you're. Your typical run-of-the-mill four-star commit to Georgia is getting $100,000 to go there. No. No. But they, are they getting something? Are they getting something? And how much is that? And can they get more elsewhere? Because when you when we talk about transferring away, the vast majority are going to be exactly what you said. Bench warmers, backups who want to see more time. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely going to be the most of it. But you're also going to have high-profile guys who are good, not NFL good, who want to capitalize on their opportunities. Are not, but most players in college football are not the guys that you're talking about. Like, we go through it every year, and, like, one of the things that frustrates me the most is at the beginning of an NFL season, or I see this a lot in, like, the playoffs as well, when you get to the Super Bowl or something, people will go through NFL rosters and say, like, the vast majority of NFL players are three were three-star recruits. It's like, yeah, of course. because there were yeah. only 100 four-star recruits or higher in the country in their recruiting class. So every year, if we only have whatever it is, 100 players that are rated four stars or higher, 150 players that are four stars or higher, well the majority of college football players are not rated that highly. And so this is why I get into like, I, I just think most players that we're talking about here, cause like you're talking about Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state, USC, the blue bloods, right? There's only like 10 programs that live that way. And so for the vast majority of college football, it, it they don't live the same lives as those teams that you're referencing. Most of them are in a in the same vein, if not lower, than where Mizzou's at. So that that's kind of why I get into. I well, I think when you look at the players that are transferring from Mizzou, and you look at what they're leaving for, for the most part, it's opportunity, absolutely, as opposed to for money. There will be, and there are some spots where that is not the case where it is about the money as opposed to opportunity and sometimes it's both right, right. but I, I think for the the vast majority of players right now the problem right now that you're seeing is is that just a lot of guys are transferring it, it's not so much just for the money in my opinion although the two are connected i understand right. where you're getting at there right. i don't want to eat too much more time doing this i'm just i, I read a lot about from uh recruiting stories from from coaches who are saying, you know, brace yourself. We're probably going to see double, you know, whatever the portal entries are. And we have to wait till December 5th to see that. Cause that window sure. does not open officially until then you've already got a trickle from every single team that's saying, yeah, we're, we're leaving now. 
when it opens, I'm gone. It's going to be really curious to see how many actually enter because there are multiple factors that go into this. I do think NIL is a solid third of the reason why this is happening. I'm not saying it's the only one, but if you have this, you know, a class that was not evaluated as well, plus the money, plus the free transfer rule. We've had the free transfer rule for like, I think it was the second year. So like we mostly control for that. Um, not fully, but that's going to figure itself out. I do think that if they are ex- expecting something as massive as this, there's got to be multiple pl- reasons that that goes into. I think the money factor is going to shrink, even if, let's say it's it's where it is. Maybe it's not as prominent as you think it is. It is going to shrink as companies and, and, and individuals say, well, I'm not getting the return that I want on my investment. I, maybe I'm not going to spend as much next mm-hmm. time. And maybe that keeps people staying or people hear about, you know, how many guys the musical chairs go and there's, you know, I don't know, 228 guys who were left without a spot and had to jump down to FCS, D2, D3, something like that. All of that's going to take some time. But when you are at the, the beginning of a massive amount of change, like we are right now, there's just going to be a lot. And it's going, I do think it's going to mellow out. I do think there's going to be more transfers than what we have seen in the past. I agree with that. I don't think it's going to be as crazy 10, 15 years down the road as it's going to be in the next three to five years, just as we kind of normalize a little bit what's happening. So here's the thing, everybody. It ain't changing. The genie's not going back in the bottle. They're not taking these rules away. And certainly there's no one in the, you know, there's no cops in the in the house to say, hey, you know what? We're actually going to regulate this. They're just, that's not going to happen. So we are in a situation where there's going to be a lot of rumors and a lot of opportunities for guys to leave. Now, let's make this Mizzou-centric because this is a Missouri football podcast, okay? We have already seen and heard guys who are looking to leave. And BK, for the most part, I don't know. I'm not surprised by most of them. And this is not me sitting here in my ivory tower saying, oh, yes, I know all. This <laughs> is mostly like a good chunk of these dudes were exactly what we just talked about. Role players, backups, dudes who are not going to see the field. And I understand that it's, you know, November 29th at 8.01 p.m. And there's a lot of time until December 5th. And there's a lot of time after December 5th where guys can enter. But right now, what we are seeing is a lot of backups hitting the portal. The one that hurts the most, and let's just talk about it because we kind of, we spoke it into existence in our last pod, um, but the big one that actually seems to be hurting people is Dom Lovett. And even though he isn't officially, officially official in the portal, it kind of seems like he's gone anyway. And that one is what hurts. This is the Mackay Wingo from 21. Dom Lovett is in, in 22. And mm-hmm. that one, it just it just hurts. And that's where it does get into the NIL. Like Dominic, Dominic Lovett is going to have options. And those options are going to, I would be shocked if they didn't include some kind of deal for him. Now, of course, the team would never use that as a recruiting tactic because that would be deemed illegal. Um, but, you know, that's that's out there. So this sucks, man. Like there's no other way to put it. This is every bit as frustrating as it was last year with Makai Wingo. And there's just no way around it. Like this is this is a reality of trying to build a football program right now at a place like Mizzou. And it, it it's just incredibly difficult. Now, Dominic Lovett was a better, a, a more highly sought after recruit 
Van Wingo was. Wingo was considered to be undersized coming out of high school, and people weren't sure how that was going to translate, and then it translated immediately, and he was just an excellent player on the interior from Mizzou, and it was like, oh, yeah, that guy's really good. Come play for us at LSU, and he did. Dominic Lovett was seen as a blue-chip recruit coming out of high school. He had a transition year in year one, and then year two, he he just dominated. He was one of the best wide receivers in the country. And I think that it's kind of silly that some Mizzou fans are trying to downplay what he did this year. No, Dominic Lovett was awesome. And he did so with a quarterback for that for the first half of the season. And you guys know where I stand on Brady Cook. But for the first half of the season, at a minimum, he was limited. And Dominic Lovett was one of the reasons why this Missouri offense was able to even put up like sustainable numbers early on. So credit to him. It sucks as a Mizzou fan to see him go. And I hate the way that the system incentivizes a player like Dominic Lovett to go. But I mean, this is the system now and I've got to just kind of eat it and live with it. And Dominic Lovett is almost certainly going to be playing elsewhere next year. There's been rumors of where he's going to go. Doesn't really matter. He's not going to be here unless some Mysterious benefactor throws a ton of money at his way, you know, to, to stick around, which I don't have it. So if, if that's you, please go out and do it. But I, I don't think even if that happened right now, I, I think he's gone. I, I don't, yeah. Well, there are a couple of reasons that uh, rumors are thrown around. And yes, I think enough of those are, are true where he would not want to stick around. Uh, just recapping what we know so far, at least from the official official entrance, uh, of course, we have you know L.J. Hewitt way back in October 26th who entered the portal. He was the JUCO who signed in this most recent recruiting class who's going to be going elsewhere. He was followed by Davian Sistrunk, a cornerback, on November 7th who had been suspended most of the year. And then we get kind of into the past couple of days. Uh, on November uh, 28th, yesterday, November 28th, we had uh, not only Travian Ford, uh, the redshirt freshman defensive end from St. Louis, not only Tyler Macon, the redshirt freshman quarterback from St. Louis who played at East St. Louis, but then also DJ Jackson, the sophomore corner who actually had some starts last year uh, from Dallas, who also hit the portal. Then today we got hit with Zach Lovett, the redshirt freshman from Melbourne, Florida. He's a linebacker. He's going to go. Jelani Williams, the four-star safety out of St. Louis, is going to take his COVID year somewhere else. And then really right before we hit record, uh, Devin Nicholson, linebacker from Detroit, Michigan, is also going to take his COVID year and play somewhere else. That's not it. There's going to be more. And we already mentioned Dominic Lovett. But again, all these guys struggled to see the field. Jelani Williams is the only one who had seen significant playing time. He had 539 snaps over 27 games in four years. He, you know, he was just playing behind Joseph Charleston like, and Joseph was coming back. I get it. You want to be a star somewhere, go do it. And, and Jelani has been, you know, a good soldier for four years. Let him go be a starter somewhere else. But outside of that, it's a lot of young guys who really haven't seen the field. Uh, and then Devin, Devin Nicholson too. But I, <laughs> BK, I, I just feel like this is the type of player that we're going to lose. People are wringing their heads about you know, Sam Horn and Luther Burden and, and Tavoris Jones and you know every everybody's favorite four star player is rumored to be leaving. I just I think for the most part, until you see it, it's really just going to be these backups like we've been talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would keep an eye on some of those guys as well. But for now, absolutely. Let's just talk specifically about the players that have. 
um, announced that they're going to be leaving the total production out of these guys, like defensive players, 22 tackles this year, offensive players, it's basically Tyler Macon. He had 17 pass attempts in his entire career at Mizzou. And guys, I, I, you don't have to like this. He did not have a future as a starting player at Mizzou. Just wasn't going to happen. I mean, I, I think by now we know that he was behind Brady Cook. He was behind Sam Horn. He was even behind Jack Abraham mm -hmm. this year. I think he was probably going to be behind Jabari Johnson next season. The writing was on the wall. It wasn't going to work at Mizzou. I hope he goes elsewhere and has a great career wherever he ends up next. So it, it just, it, it wasn't going to work here and that's okay. LJ Hewitt, Davion Sistrunk, DJ Jackson. They combined this year for 27 snaps defensively. Travion Ford played one snap the entirety of the season. Uh, Zach Lovett and Devin Nicholson, those guys were backup linebackers who were limited. Zach Lovett had all of five snaps this year. Now, Zach Lovett is the type of player that I, I do think in a previous era in college football, Zach Lovett probably starts for Mizzou in two or three years. In this era of college football, Zach Lovett goes to look for a starting job elsewhere right now. And that is what I, I don't really like about it, to be honest. And, and I'm not speaking ill of, of Lovett. I, I get it. This is the way that the system is working now. But I, I think eventually he probably, if he stayed at Mizzou, would have had an opportunity to, pl to play regularly. But he's going to go elsewhere and he's going to get his opportunity there. And, and so God bless him for it. But to your point on the guys that have announced thus far... I mean, you, you've lost backups and role players. And you have not lost right now, outside of the one big one with Dominic Lovett, any players that you feel like you can't replace by going back into the portal. So far, it's basically been a repeat of what you lost last year. Because you lost the one big player with Wingo, and then you lost a bunch of role guys. And you were able to really get better by replacing most of those role guys with better versions of those players through the transfer portal. If they can do that again, you're not in a bad spot, but we're not at the end of the road. By the time that people are listening, listening to this, I would assume that there's probably going to be more players that have announced that they're going to be transferring. And by the time that we record next week, we will have the full list of like the first wave of players that have transferred. I think there will be even more then than there are whenever you're listening to this currently. I'm going to be real. Do you want to go position by position to talk about kind of where things stand? Uh, yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's talk about, let's, let's, let's break it down. Cause of course I did that today. <laughs> did it last night. Um, let's go position by position. Let's start with the most important position quarterback right now. We've got Brady cook. We got Sam Horn. We know Tyler Macon's gone. We know. Well, <laughs> we're pretty sure Jabari Johnson is going to sign on early signing day. So that is currently two scholarship spots, one incoming, one gone. You and I talked about this, I think, the last show. I feel very confident that this staff is going to go shopping for a portal quarterback. Now, whether that's a starter or a guy just to provide depth, they're going to find someone. They can't help themselves, and especially at the most important position in football, you got to be stocked with guys that you like. I think they go. What do you think? I think they're going to end up with a transfer at quarterback as well. I do not know if they are a starting quarterback, but I think they will bring somebody in. I think the quality of that player depends on two things. One, what does Brady Cook want to do, man? 
Like, does he does he want to come back or does he want to go elsewhere? Last year, he stuck it through mm-hmm. and it paid off with him getting 12 starts, now 13, depending on what happens in the, the bowl game. But you'd expect him to start there unless he decides to go elsewhere. Um, and I have no I have no knowledge of what his situation is, but I would think he'll come back at a minimum for spring practice because there's another option for him after spring to go elsewhere if things don't end up going in his direction. But I would think he'll be back. The second part of this is Sam Horn. And I don't know. Like, I just, I I, I don't know what's going on there. Um, It was a weird year for Sam Horn, to say the least. We all thought that he would play more than he did. Even on senior day, when you had an opportunity to see him play a decent amount, they decided not to. Not trying to read too much into anything. I'm just saying, given how things work in college football right now, I don't think it should come as a shock to anybody if Sam Horn at least explores his options. Oh, absolutely. I'm not reporting anything. I am simply stating it It would make sense, given where college football is, if he decided to do yeah. that. So if he did... That's when I think that it is like with certainty they will get somebody to to at least provide depth for them at the quarterbacks. I mean, you and I have heard the same rumors everyone else has, but most of my opinion on this is driven by what happened on senior night and how mm-hmm. he was managed. And yeah, I think he absolutely is returning those DMs. Again, like you said, I'm not reporting anything. I just based off of how he was handled this year, I think he absolutely is. So you have to get one in the portal. You'll tell Brady, look, hey, you're our guy, but we need to challenge you. We need to make sure we got depth in case, you know, you run one of your 20 times per per game and get knocked out. We need someone that we trust to to back you up. So I don't think it's a shot against him. I don't think Brady Cook wants to leave, but I don't know. This is college football in 2022. Everyone's a target. <laughs> exactly. Everyone is, everyone's a free agent. Everyone's a target to leave. So there's, there's no guarantees. Um, so yeah, I'd say they're portal shopping for a quarterback. Absolutely. Running backs. Boy, we have a lot of running backs. My God, we have a lot of running backs, including two walk-ons <laughs> on scholarship. Uh, currently we have seven scholarship running backs. I'm counting Cody Schrader because he will go on scholarship. In January, so I'm counting him for this exercise. We officially have zero graduated, but I think Nate Pete is done. He can graduate. He can be done with football. We'll see what is whether he just stops or he takes his COVID year somewhere else. Portal departures right now you have zero, and then incoming you have Jamal Roberts, uh, Cody uh, <clears throat> Cody Schrader being on scholarship and coming back. Uh, BK, this this tells me that we are going to see a lot of. Uh, portal departures because just FYI uh, a walk on in his first year beat out three guys in their third year on the team. So I'm assuming we're going to see some departures. How many do you think, uh, or do you, or how many do you think they need to bring in for the portal to be happy with the running backs? So I'm just going to go ahead and speculate because this is where we're at. Like I think Elijah Young's probably gone. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it should be a surprise to anybody. If any of Cox Harris or butts ends up deciding to leave, I don't know on Tavoris Jones. I would think he would want to be back because given all the departures that you could see at the position, he's probably going to get a good amount of run mm-hmm. next year. Like my my guess would be it's Schrader and Jones as your top two backs going into next season. Probably, I would think one, maybe two additions via the portal um, that back those guys up. And then Jamal Roberts, I think, could absolutely see the field next year. Yeah. So I, I think you... 
at a minimum need one, maybe two via the transfer portal. I'd agree. Depending on how, of the four that I mentioned, Cox, Young's, Young, and uh, Harrison Butts, out of those four, if three or more leave, you probably need two. That's that's exactly what I was going to say. One, unless you get more than three departures, and then you got to get two. I'm 100% with you on that. Wide receivers currently have eight. Barrett Bannister is for sure done. It sure sounds like Towski Dove is going to be done. So those two are gone. The probable departure is Dom Lovett. So that's three gone. But you are bringing in Daniel Blood, Marquise Johnson, and Josh Manning to pair with. By the way, did you see Joshua Manning today announced that he got a uh, Texas A&M offer? Just found that to be interesting. Uh, this late in the process. That is interesting. Well, they fired their offensive coordinator who didn't call plays. So, you know, it's only up, up, upcoming for uh, that Texas A&M offense. Interesting. Well, anyway, so I don't know if this staff takes a portal wide receiver. You have one, two, three, four, five very young guys all within their you know second year on campus. And you're bringing in three freshmen. But unless you're looking for like just some experienced guy, I, I, I don't know if this staff is going to go and get a portal receiver. What do you think? I think they should. Um, How many? Do you think that Houston's going to be back? Well, it does hinge on that. I don't, I don't think he's going to come back. He was injured for the beginning of the year. And once he kind of cleared the injury list, he was out on the field. He didn't ever got a target block, you know, run blocked a ton, but I don't know. I don't know if there's, there's just other guys who do what he does already on the roster. So I don't know. I, I think they need depth. Like you're, you're pretty thin at the spot right now. You got burden Miller Cooper, and then a bunch of freshmen. I don't know what's going to happen with Looper. I don't know what the future holds for Houston. It just feels really thin. If you have one injury in that spot, I mean, you're you're down to playing in your four wide, wide receiver sets. A true freshman who we have no idea if they're ready to go yet. And I'm talking like behind Joshua Manning, yeah. who I think probably should be if he if he's still like 100% committed to Mizzou. And I have no reason to believe he doesn't other than the the tweet that he, he got an offer today. Um, you're looking at Blood or Johnson and... Man, I just don't know if those guys are ready to play as freshmen. It's hard to do. Yeah, it is. It is. But you, you never know. I mean, we didn't think Mikai Miller, we thought he was good. We didn't think he was going to be super great. He's you know been good in spots. So I, I don't know. I just, you have a lot of, you have a lot of youth. And if you trust that youth to be good, eh, maybe. But yeah, if you lose, if you lose one, you absolutely need to replace it in the portal. So we'll see what happens with any of those guys. I'd like to see him get an outside wide receiver in the portal. Like I, I think they could use a guy with a little bit of size outside. <sighs> That'd be nice since everybody's 5'11 or shorter. Um, that would be nice. We'll see. And I saw I saw a couple interesting wide receivers that hit the portal the past couple days. Um I don't think they're big huge guys but i don't know maybe maybe not it depends on who they it offered that kid from i think it was texas i mean this was like right when the portal opened from the fcs i think he was but um not like literally texas but one of the texas fcs teams he's like six five or something huh another kiki chisholm that'd be nice yeah <laughs> let's go to tight end uh tight end currently you got four tyler stevens ryan horse camp gavin mckay max wisner 
Uh, so none of those guys are going to graduate. There's no possible guys to graduate. And you have no portal departures. And, of course, you're bringing in Brett Norfleet. But, BK, as we've talked before, this is the one position that is very obviously not SEC ready. But at the beginning of the year, it was manned by a walk-on and a transfer. And as we move through the year, our boy, the horse, kind of slowly started taking over the starter position for that tight end slot. I think you lose one from this group. I don't know which one. I have my thoughts, but I think you do lose a guy. I would like to see them. My guess would be McKay. That's my thought, too. I would like to see a portal tight end come in. There was not a lot of good options last year. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of good ones this year, but it would be nice to get a, another Power 5 tight end into this group if for depth, if nothing else. What do you think? Totally with you. I, I think you could use somebody that is a good run blocker. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Horse Camp could be an okay pass catcher. I don't know what the situation is with Wisner. Like, if he's, if they think he's going to be ready to go after a year in the strength and conditioning program, maybe you just, he's the guy. Um, but I think that's what I would be targeting. Stevens is not eligible for his free transfer, right? Correct. Since he transferred last Correct. year. So bring him back. Worst case scenario, he's a good depth piece for you. But yeah, my, my assumption would be if, if you lose somebody from this position, it's probably McKay and you run it back with Stevens, Horsecamp, and Wisner, and then you, you add one more player to the group. Yeah, I'm good with that. And then we get to the number one position to be addressed this year. Maybe a 1A, uh, if we're being generous. We get to the offensive line. You currently have 18 guys on the roster. You for sure lose two. You could lose up to seven. It depends on whether Hyron White gets medically cleared, if Xavier Delgado and Javon Foster are actually going to be coming back, all that stuff. So you definitely two, possibly seven are gone. You have no portal departures so far. And you're bringing in, of course, the four-star local boy, Logan Reichert. You got to bring in two at at a bare minimum, probably four depending on what happens with everybody else. But this this needs to be the heaviest investment from the portal without a question. Uh, see, I've got a different position that I would look at as the heaviest investment. But yes, I, I think at a minimum, you got to bring in two here. Um, guys that I could see as potential departures, and this is just reading the tea leaves. Um, guys that are getting later into their trajectories in terms of their eligibility and who have played but don't play a lot. Griffin, my guy, Heismeyer, Walters, Lee. Those would be the ones that I would say, like, maybe watch those names. Again, this is pure speculation, but this is where we're at with the portal. Is you kind of have to speculate at this point because so many guys are leaving. Um, those would be the ones that I would look at. The thing that you don't want to see is just any of the, the starters from last year transfer. The reason why is because you were already an average at best offensive line. And to improve upon that, what you'd like to see is some of those starters potentially become depth pieces. That's how you become a better unit. So if you can keep some of those, most of those guys, that would be ideal. For me, got to keep Javon Foster. You got to keep EJ Ndoma Ogar. You got to keep Armand Mimbu. I would hate to see a couple other guys leave, but if I could only pick... A handful, those would be my guys. Totally with you. Th- those would be the ones that I would hone in on as well. Same names. Um, and and Bincy Polgar 
it already had his transfer, so he would have to take a penalty if he wanted to let, leave. So I'm not super concerned about that one. But he, de- I hope he's got his grades in line because, whew, <laughs> need you, buddy. Uh, would be helpful. Yeah. So then we get to 1B, uh, the other position that absolutely needs to be addressed right now. That is your defensive ends. You currently have six. You're going to graduate three for sure. Tyrone Hopper, DJ Coleman, and of course, Isaiah McGuire, who said he is done. You're probably going to graduate four. Sounds like Trajan Jeffcoat's leaning towards leaving. You've already lost Travian Ford to the portal. You are bringing Ja'Kai Lane and uh, Serene Tunkara, but they are freshmen. So you are left with the Walker boys, Johnny Walker Jr. and Arden Walker. And that's it. So, yeah, you need to bring in probably two, I'd say definitely two, probably three experienced defensive ends. And if someone said you need to bring in four, I'd believe it. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, We'll see what happens with the Walkers. They did not play much this year. You saw them a little bit more by the end of the season. And so, like, if I was them, I would look at the depth chart and say, where am I going to transfer that is a power five program where I have a better opportunity to play regular snaps than where I'm at currently? I'm not sure that place exists for those two specific players. So I would stay if I was in their shoes, but I don't know if they want to stay. And if they don't, more power to you. Go go, go play elsewhere. That That's your right to do in this current system. But yeah, man, you are super light. Even if they do decide to stay, you're already way behind the eight ball when it comes to your defensive end position. I I think you need to add four at that spot. Um, unless both of those guys stay, in which case maybe you can get away with three. But this year, with the way that they rotated those guys and played some of the them in the interior as well, I think I would try to get four in the transfer portal. Even if, even if you Kyron Montgomery stuck around and bounced outside and DJ Weselak stuck around and went back to defensive end, they're still freshmen. Like that's mm-hmm. not it's great for depth and long-term build, but that's not gonna that's not gonna be an effective defensive end for the SEC for a whole all of 2023. It's just not. It's just not. They need to find another DJ Coleman. I wish that guy had another year of eligibility. Because we Same. we bagged on him and I don't know. It's a good we player, were on, not a great one, but a really good one. He did not pop in his film. He did not seem like a good fit, and boy, he figured it out. So I would have loved to have another year of him, but we don't. So find another DJ Coleman, guys. It's that easy. Let's go to defensive tackles. This was the position of of need last year. So you have 10 defensive tackles right now. Zero of them have to leave. You could possibly have five who choose to leave. Rialis George, Jaden Jernigan, Josh Landry, Darius Robinson and Daniel Robledo. They could leave. Maybe they don't. You don't have any portal departures so far. You also don't have any freshman incoming. So this is a very top-heavy position class. All of them could stick around. Uh, I don't think they will. But because it was addressed last year, I certainly don't see a urgent need to add any here unless like all five of your upperclassmen leave, something like that. That's kind of where I'm at as well. If you end up losing one of the guys that we're not currently expecting, like if Landry decided I'm going to graduate and go elsewhere or same thing for Realis George. Okay. Yeah. Maybe you need to replace those players because you you want those depth pieces. But right now, given what we're expecting to be back next year, I 
think you should be okay at the position. Maybe you add, like you said, one more just for a little bit of depth. Yeah. So let's move to the linebacker. They currently have, well, they currently have nine now. My my story's already old and dated. Boo. Hmm. Uh, you have nine. Zero have to graduate. We have one who is probably, nope, we don't because he's transferring away. Uh, so Devin Nicholson is, is leaving through the portal. And then you have Brayshawn Littlejohn and Tristan Newson, the Juco from last week who's coming in. That's that's still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's still 10 guys for two spots. And that's assuming Tyron Hopper leaves for the NFL, which I have to assume he is. I mean, it's great to have, you know, a five deep on two positions, but uh, unless there's another Tyron Hopper who hits the portal, I, I just, I don't see any drastic need to add to the linebacking core, especially when you have so many needs elsewhere on this team. If you can get a a stud, go for it. Otherwise, I think you're okay. Um, I, I'd like to see some of these guys internally get an opportunity, but it really comes down to their evaluation of what they have available to them. Like, do uh, Chad Bailey is a legit SEC starting caliber linebacker. Do you have another one? Because I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think anybody does because we ha- we haven't really seen these other guys play a lot. Do they think Damian Wilson is ready for that right now? Do they think the Juco kid, Newsom, that they brought in is ready for that? Can one of those freshmen from last year be ready to go? If not, and Tyron Hopper decides to leave for the NFL, which I, I would say probably you should, Tyron Hopper. But if you want to come back, God bless you. Yeah, I'm serious. down to watch one more year of yeah. it. Um, but if, if they don't think they have another starter on the team, that's when you probably go to the portal. But it's more looking for quality than quantity right. at that position. The fact that Chuck Hicks is coming back, I want. I wonder how much of that is the staff asking him to do it versus the you know he basically has not played since he joined Mizzou, and he wants that, and the coach is like, yeah, that's fine. Because if they think he's the answer, great. I don't know what you've seen that that tells you that because since he's not seen the field, but that might be one answer. Otherwise, yeah, go go find another Hopper, and if you can't, then I'm good with where we're at. Um, then we get to cornerback and this one's, I think the most in flux you currently have, uh, you currently have five guys on the roster. None of them have to graduate. None of them can possibly graduate. You lost LJ Hewitt, Davian Sistrunk and DJ Jackson to the portal. Like we said earlier, you have Nick Deloach and Shamar McNeil coming in, but here's the problem. Chris Abrams drain may or may not go take a stroll in the NFL draft. Maybe he chooses to go play elsewhere. It certainly sounds like Ennis Rakestraw wants to get paid since he changed his Twitter profile to, I need money. Uh, <laughs> very subtle. Ennis. very subtle. I, I don't know if that means. I didn't reason. see that. He did that. Did he really? It's, it's a picture of a dude's grill with I N E E D. And then the dollar sign on his teeth. Like, that's amazing. It's, it's great. It's very, very Ennis Rakestraw. Very cornerback behavior. Uh, I would, I always yeah. endorse that kind of thing. But if he gets the money here, it's great. If he's got to go somewhere else, I don't know. I kind of feel like, and I'm not, I'm not saying this because I have inside information. I'm saying it seems like the most likely outcome is CAD goes, declares for the NFL, and Ennis goes somewhere else. Yeah, you could obviously have a couple, a bunch of different outcomes like that. But the point is. If those two leave, which would be 
kind of great for Chris Abrams' reign, but kind of bad for the team, you'd be left with Marcus Clark and Drayden Norwood, who've done fine. Marcus Scott, the four-star freshman, who has not seen the field this year, and then two freshmen coming in. So if you lose both of those guys, you absolutely need to hit the portal for another Power 5 corner. Even if they don't, you might still need to add one just to get them in the program and get them experience. What do you think, BK? Totally with you. Uh, I think you need a starter if both Drain and Rakestraw decide to leave. I, I, I feel okay about out of Scott, Norwood, and Clark, two of those guys being starters. I would prefer to not have all three listed as starters going into next season. So if you can do something to avoid that, that's what I would want them to do. Now, finding SEC caliber cornerbacks in the transfer portal, not an easy thing to do. They, they did it with Drayden Norwood, and man, that was one heck of a pickup. I, I will give this staff full kudos for him because you had basically zero tape of Drayden Norwood playing cornerback in his entire football career. He was a quarterback in high school, went to te uh, Texas A&M, practiced with them basically for a year, decided to transition to the cornerback position while there and then entered the portal. And Mizzou, based on that, decided, yeah, this is a guy we want to offer because of how athletic he was. So they found something on tape that clearly translated. He was pretty good for them this year. Maybe not excellent, but pretty good. And now you got to go do it again. It's not easy, but that's that is what's potentially out there for them. The hope would be that you're able to retain one of Drain or Rakestraw, yes. but I I don't know at this point how realistic it is. I agree. Let's go to safeties. You had nine. Well, I guess you have eight now. Uh, for sure, graduating one, Martez Manuel is actually done. We knew that Jelani Williams was honored on senior day. He is going to take that last year somewhere else, so we know he's gone. So he's your portal departure. And then the incoming right now is you got Philip Roche. Uh, who was projected as a safety. So there's three safety spots and you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, possibly eight to play with. Jalen Carlisle was thought to possibly go in the NFL. Sounds like he's leaning more towards coming back. That's great. Dalen Carnell rumored to be leaving. Sounds like he's going to stay. That's great. And then you have just a grab bag of the Tylers, Hibbler and Jones, and then Isaac Thompson and Jamarian Wayne assuming Wayne doesn't go back to receiver. So you've got some options here to start, but there's not a whole lot of depth. BK, ah, I feel silly doing this, but I kind of feel like you need at least one, one portal safety to fill this out just to give him an option. What do you think? I think it really comes down to how do you feel about Hibbler, Thompson, Wayne? If you think one of those three guys at least can step up next year as being in the role that you had for Jelani Williams this year, I think you're fine. If you don't, yeah, you need to go to the portal to be able to get somebody who can. But it, it's really like, as long as Charleston, Carlisle, and Carnell are all expected to come back next season, as we currently see, mm -hmm. I think you're okay at the spot when it comes to your starters. Yeah. Feel pretty good about those. Yeah. And let's wrap it up with the specialists. You currently have four. Two are graduating. That's Jay Kaufman, the lawn snapper, and Sean Kading, the, place, or the kickoffs guy. Uh, so those are your graduated. You don't have any portal departures right now. You still have Daniel Hawthorne, who's also a lawn snapper, and, of course, the thicker. He's still around. You got Blake Craig, who's incoming as a freshman. And just because specialists tend to not be scholarship players or in the past haven't been scholarship players, they've been walk-ons who've done this sort of thing, I will point out that you have currently sophomore Luke Bauer and, uh, of course, Jack Stonehouse, who will probably go on scholarship if I had to guess. 
and then Nick Quadrini uh, from Springfield, Missouri, the freshman. So you have some options at kicker and of course, long snapper too, but of your scholarship guys, two are gone two two are staying, but BK, I'm going to ask a question that I never in my wildest imagination would have <laughs> actually thought I would actually ask is Missouri's kicker going to forego his last two seasons to enter the NFL draft? He might, man. He might. You think about it and it's like, okay, so he never missed an extra point. He was 100 out of 100. That's pretty good. He's a guy that has the leg to immediately project to be an NFL kicker. There's really nothing left for him to prove at Mizzou. And it was easily his worst season. Like, the thing that's tough is coming off of last year, there was really un- only one way for this to go, and that was for him to get a little worse. And he did, and he missed a couple of clutch kicks, and there were a few issues, especially as you were in that like 30 to 40 range. Mm-hmm. And if he comes back and that becomes a more persistent problem, does he have the same NFL draft prospect capital? I, I don't know. If he goes now, would he get drafted? I have no idea, man. But for kickers, it's not really about getting drafted. It's about just like finding a spot and latching on and winning that opportunity coming out of training camp. Mm-hmm. And I think if if we know anything about Harrison Mevis, it's that he he probably win that opportunity. So if he wants to go go pro and he doesn't want to do college anymore, I mean, hard to blame him. I, I get yeah. it, and I think that he would probably be able to make a roster somewhere and make you know seven hundred fifty thousand dollars next year as the the minimum. So his freshman year, if you count extra points and field goals, he was had 93.8% accuracy. In 2021, extra points and field goals, he had a 97% accuracy. This year, he was at 89.7. Not bad, but way worse than what we've ever seen. You mentioned it, 104, 100 extra points. That's just a very cool round number that'll hopefully change in the bowl game, <laughs> but uh, we don't know for sure. It's currently 31 of 36 on field goals under 40 yards and 30 of 36 for field goals over 40 yards. So there's like a lot of symmetry here in his numbers. There's a good chance, you know, like you said, are you going to get better? Well, probably not. And there's no way that he's going to be able to claim the, the consecutive extra points uh, made you know, record by himself. I think that's like at 300. He's currently at a hundred. So he's not going to do that. He's probably never going to win the, the Lou Groza award. So like, yeah, I don't know. Go get it, man. Unless you want to, unless that uh, thicker burger endorsement is really paying off for you. Yeah. Go get, go get paid in the NFL. Uh, that's I'm with you on that one. That's it. That's the whole roster. That's a, uh, that's a that's a long grocery list of guys that uh, we think that the team needs. I'll be really curious to see how it plays out because obviously the coaches know this roster better than we do, or at least they know what they want. But I mean, we're talking like what 15, 16 additions in the portal. Like that's yeah, that's I mean, a lot. I I went through as we were talking, Nate. I wrote down all of the names that we went through as like, hey, maybe they would leave. I have twenty three names written down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as potential guys that could leave via the portal. Not all of those guys will leave. Some of them, it was like graduating versus transfer versus going pro, whatever, however you want to classify it, but leaving this off season, not all of them will leave. I think probably the majority of that group will leave. And 
that leaves you a lot of roster spots to play with going into the offseason. And we talked about this a little bit before we came on air, and we'll talk about it more going into the offseason. But I think there is a bit of a market inefficiency right now with young players that enter the transfer portal. And the reason why is you look at guys like Marcus Clark or Ian Matthews, who didn't really see the field for Mizzou this year, but was a defensive tackle they got out of Auburn. You still have two, three, in some cases, four years of eligibility. And those guys have already used their transfer. So could they still transfer again? Sure, it's it's possible, but they then have to sit out a season. So there is really no incentive for them to do so unless they just really hate their situation. So I, I think by bringing those guys in, it actually ends up working out really well for you as a team if you end up quote-unquote hitting on one of those guys. So that that is something to keep in mind as well. If Missouri is super active in the portal, it might actually be a smart way to build your program right now. And it's not just one-year guys. It can also be guys that end up kind of becoming building blocks mm-hmm. for your roster for a couple, two, three, maybe even four years down the road. Yeah. And that's not to say you you ignore high school reg- recruiting altogether. Um, no, you know, Texas state tried to do that and they suck really bad. <laughs> now I'm sure the, there are plenty of coaches out there who could, who could you know win some games that way, but that's just not smart. You need, you need a core group of guys, you know, to be young and, and to fill out the depth. But yeah, if you can target freshmen, red shirt, freshmen through the portal and know that you can, well, no quote unquote, no, that you can hold on to them for a little bit. That's a good way of doing it. Now you got to be accurate. You got to be right, but that's a, that's a good way of doing it. So I don't know. I don't know what that means going forward. I certainly don't think it's going to be a situation where Missouri foregoes chasing blue chippers out of St. Louis or Kansas City no. and then say, "Ah, oh, yeah, we'll get you on the rebound." Like that's silly. That's not going to work. But, you know, worse comes to worse, if you miss out on some some recruiting wins, and you make up for it with you know some overlooked guys who are looking to go somewhere else, and you bring them in, and it works. Like that's that could be a good way. It's going to be it's going to be staffs who can evaluate talent really well and have a good program culture to bring guys in that can you know that can work, that can gel, that can understand and click really really fast. So that might be your like you said your market inefficiency. That might be the new way of, of building a roster and competing really quick. It's just it's just too early to tell, and we're reading tea leaves, but that's just kind of what we've seen so far. So we will find out a lot more by the time we record again. It's going to be next Wednesday. Will it be uh, you know the third day of the portal officially being open? So we'll have more stories of who's gone and who's leaving and who could possibly coming in. It sucks right now because all you're hearing are Missouri guys leaving. It's going to be a lot more fun when when people commit to Missouri through the portal. So. Um, BK, any last, uh, parting shots? Uh, I think the last thing that I would say is just like, I know that this has been a lot of kind of doom and gloom. Don't forget the last time we went through the portal success that Missouri had from the last couple of years. This is a team that has shown a propensity to, to have some success by finding replacements via the transfer portal. So it, it's not just exclusively bad. It, it, it can be mm-hmm. good for Mizzou as okay. well. And that's the show for today. As always, we appreciate the downloads and the subscriptions. You can leave a comment or you can rate us. We love all types of feedback from you all. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Nagy Edwards. He's at BK Sports Talk. And, of course, you can follow the Rockin' flagship at Rockin' Nation. We appreciate you tuning in this time. We'll try to do better next time. And until then, MIZ. Do you owe you? Right.